Welcome to season three of the Today is a Good Day podcast, a podcast to bring you a new point of support as you navigate your NICU journey. Today is a Good Day is here to be a resource for you. We share personal stories from families who have been there, important advice from medical professionals, opportunities to focus on self-care and more. Please don't forget to hit subscribe, share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening app. The bond between parents and their NICU nurse can create friendships for life. Nurses help parents touch and hold their baby for the first time, change their diapers, and take their temperature. They manage parents' fear and anxiety over having a baby in the NICU and help them feel empowered to take care of their child. Experiencing the NICU can also have a profound impact on a person, leading them into a new career or guiding them toward giving back in meaningful ways. Today, we are joined by NICU nurses Amanda Jacobus and Sheila Tarr. Amanda has been a registered nurse for over 18 years. She spent the first five years of her career working on a neurology unit. However, her career path drastically changed after her daughter, Hope, was born 15 weeks premature in 2005 at Abington Hospital. She wanted to find a way to pay it forward to other NICU families. And what better way could there be to do that than to work beside the neonatologists and nurses who saved her daughter's life? She has spent the last 13 years working as a NICU nurse, first at Abington Hospital and now at Einstein Medical Center Montgomery, where she is the head charge nurse. Sheila Tarr was born in Manila, Philippines. She worked at both Rotama Manor and McAllen Medical Center in Texas before moving to Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital of New York Presbyterian and then Abington Jefferson Health, where she takes care of both babies and families in the NICU. She has a loving husband, Blaze, and is blessed with a younger sister, Sandra, with Down syndrome. Sheila is also an active member of Bugasong Pag Ulikid Foundation USA. This foundation was founded in 1989 with the help of her parish priest, the late Father Joaquin Dioso. The foundation helps with a variety of medical missions, livelihood, and education projects for the church, schools, and families in the town of Bugasong. Welcome, Sheila and Amanda. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us, Martha. Really glad to have you with us here today. You have to tell us a little bit about your journeys to becoming NICU nurses and why you chose this line of work. So, Sheila, I'm going to start with you. Okay. For me, my real inspiration to work in the NICU is because of my sister, younger sister, Sandra. She's my true inspiration. She was born at 28 weeks, born at home. But she lived, so she has a purpose in this life. So the neonatal ICU, my passion for that, I really owe it from Sandra. And then also of my belief in the sanctity and holiness of life. Can we just talk a minute? So she was born at 28 weeks, and how old is she today? She just turned 45 this past August 18th. That is incredible to think about, that she was born at home at 28 weeks and survived. What a miracle she is. Yes, yeah, she is a miracle. She also survived COVID. Oh, my god. She goodness. had COVID this past July before she got her second vaccine, but she survived. Wow. So she's really a blessing. You truly have an inspiration for what you do, Sheila. That's wonderful. And Amanda, now you have a special reason for becoming a NICU nurse. So tell us a little bit more about your story. Yeah, so um, my husband Rob and I, um, when we decided to start a family, we had a hard time getting pregnant, so that was a challenge in itself. At the time, I was a uh, adult nurse for neurology patients, um, stroke patients, seizures, brain surgeries, 
Um, but when we got pregnant, um, it was a pretty easy pregnancy. And then suddenly uh, I started having some problems right around 20 weeks. And our daughter, Hope, our little miracle, she was actually born at 25 weeks and she was in Abington's NICU for 11 weeks. So when Hope was about two years old, I was looking for ways to pay it forward. And there was an opening in the NICU at Abington. And I spoke with Dr. Cleary and the nurse manager interviewed and was offered the position. And I got to accept a position working with our heroes, the nurses who took care of Hope, the doctors who took care of Hope. And I've been a NICU nurse ever since. Um, I was at Abington for years. And for the past six years, I've actually been up at Einstein Medical Center, Montgomery. When you look back at being a NICU parent, you've been a NICU nurse for a very long time. As a NICU parent, what comes to mind for you as something a nurse or a neonatologist said to you that really made an impact when Hope was in the NICU? I distinctly remember certain nurses that took care of Hope. And uh, one of those nurses who was actually Hope's primary day shift nurse, her name was Grace. She was every bit of her name, uh, so full of grace. Um, but I distinctly remember her talking about the importance of being present, talking to your baby, touching your baby, because you as a parent, especially a mother, um, you're the most familiar thing to that child. The sound of your heartbeat when you hold them, the sound of your voice, it is so comforting to that child. It's therapeutic. So I still actually take words that Grace shared with me, and I use it in my daily practice as a NICU nurse. Incredible. That's really, really wonderful to hear. And when we talk about that experience, and, and we speak from personal experience as well, going through the NICU, it is overwhelming. Walking into that NICU, seeing your baby in an isolate, if they're born extremely premature uh, or you know, not in a crib yet, holding their temperature... I know for Paul and me, we were scared to even touch Claire and Mary after they were born. And it was really the NICU nurses who helped us to walk through that. So what is the first thing that you say to parents when they walk in and are they see the, the new world that they're in of being in the NICU? Sheila, I'm going to start with you. Okay, first I say, hey, congratulations, mm -hmm. you know, for the new new life that you have, for the blessing that you have. And then I know some, you know, most of the time they're nervous. So I normally ask, would you like to touch your baby? Um, and if they say, oh, I don't, I'm scared. I said, I will say, oh, let's do it together. I'm here for you. And that is something, I mean, that that's really interesting to hear you say that because that is something that families could ask if they are nervous to hold their baby on their own, asking the nurse for help to walk them through that process or to take the next steps with that, right? Mm -hmm. Great. Amanda? I sometimes feel like I sound like a broken record when I talk to parents. Um, but I often tell a parent, when you have a baby in the NICU, I don't care if your baby was born at 23 weeks or 42 weeks. You all share this same fear, the fear of the unknown. But like Sheila said, it, it's so important to promote that gentle touch and I love what she said about guiding them. You know, I will oftentimes, if a parent is scared, I will guide their hands inside of the isolate. You put your hand over their hand so they can see exactly how much pressure and how to touch the baby. Um, I, I think just making sure that a parent knows that they can trust you as a nurse, but also, you know, there's something very comforting in the compassion that a NICU nurse shows to parents. And we talk about parents coming in. I know 
there's a lot of focus on multitasking, of researching, going home and researching now with phones and all of us having phones with us all the time, researching different information about words that the doctors may have said on rounds or the nurses may have told the families. How do you encourage the families to really be here now and to be in the moment with their babies? I actually think that that's a huge challenge sometimes because we're in such a tech-savvy era um, that people do want to do some of their own research. And I respect that completely. I do. But it is important to be present. One thing that I will say, and I have to plug today as a good day, one thing that I promote often is journaling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you guys are so gracious to give journals in the care packages. And really, it does make a difference for them to write down what they're hearing. That way, they're present at the moment. And then perhaps they want to go and do a little research on their own later. I totally respect that. But then I also promote being part of rounds and the importance that parents are part of our team. It's not us versus you. We work together. So it's important that you let parents know that they are perhaps the most important part of the team simply because they are the constant for that child. So for them, I promote the concept that we are a family. We are in this together. We are helping you. We are here for you. And yeah, I always ask them too, oh, did you get the Today's a Good Day care, care bag? And then I would uh, ask them about the journal, what to do about the journal, how important it is, you know. And I also promote to them skin to skin because, mm-hmm. you know, they, the baby can hear their heartbeat, you know, and... Um, once they're holding the baby, they can talk to the baby and can read to the baby because there's also a book in Today's a Good Day. And we also have a readathon now. We give books to parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm very careful in saying this because I don't want to offend them that I would tell them that if you can just please put your phone down, we can just use the phone for taking pictures. But I can take pictures for you because we have a phone and we can take pictures of them and the baby and we can send it to them. So really just being in the moment with yeah, the baby, with spending the baby. time. Mm-hmm. Sheila, talking about skin to skin, I remember when we held Claire for the first time. She was just about a pound. It was very scary. She had her ventilator in, and I think I didn't breathe sitting in the recliner. But my big question for you is, how do you guide parents through holding their baby for the first time? All right. Excellent question. Right now in the NICU of Abington Jeff, we have a new program started by Teresa Spates that when parents hold the baby, the parents start it from uh, the isolate down to the chair. So if you remember with Claire and um, Mary, we gave them to you. But right now we ask the par- we guide the parents to go to the is- to in front of the isolate. We put the top up and they pick up the baby from the isolate, put the baby on their chest and slowly back down on the chair. And we guide them with that. And if they say they're scared, we would say, we're here for you. We'll help you. We'll do this together. Yes. And if a hospital doesn't necessarily have that program at this time, it might be something someone should ask their nurse or doctor if they're able to help pick up their baby and and sit down to hold them. Yeah. And Teresa Spate started this program. It's really excellent. I see it progress, and it's really great. Wonderful. I think it's important to have the parents as involved as they possibly can be. So I love that. Um, I will tell you, besides that, because I I think that is important to have the parent, you know, even if it's the dad just picking up the baby ever so gently um, or the mom leaning into the baby and and bringing the baby on their chest to sit down. The other thing I always try to tell parents, especially with the first hold is don't look at the monitor. Focus on your baby. We'll worry about that stuff. I know it's like a television screen, but look away from it because you just focus on the baby. We'll focus with the cords and wires and the ET tube, whatever it might be. Um, But yeah, the importance of skin to skin, that first hold, that first kangarooing 
it's something that you remember forever. Mm -hmm. I am laughing over here talking about not looking at the monitors because that is something that I know NICU nurses just really get into your head. Stop looking at the monitors. Can't take the the monitors home with you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really hard habit to break. Well, I'm sure for you. Well, Well, you're a nurse. But even when Hope was in the NICU, I'm sure it was hard to not We actually had uh, one nurse who would turn my chair the opposing direction so I couldn't look at the monitor at all. Uh, because we do, you get hyper-focused on something that's visual. Right. Um, and really, of course, you're focused on your baby, but every little bell, every little noise, it, it makes you a little more anxious, and you don't want the baby to feed off of your anxiety. You want to be relaxed. You want the baby to be relaxed on you and not feed into what's what you're right. feeling. Well, you all are doing great segues into my next questions, because talking about anxiety, breastfeeding is a topic that causes a lot of anxiety, I think, for families, for moms trying to breastfeed. What direction do you lead parents when they need help in in the world of breastfeeding? Maybe they uh, are are nervous to ask. They're not sure when to start. They might not be getting a great supply. Um, what what do you? How do you help them? We have a, a huge success with breastfeeding moms at our hospital. Our lactation consultants. When I tell you that we have a lactation consultant in-house almost 24-7, we are very blessed. They are very involved with our moms, literally from the delivery room all throughout their stay. Um, It's so important to promote that fed is best, of course, but especially with a premature baby, that breast milk, and you know the words, that liquid gold is so important. Um, Trying to just promote pumping on a regular basis having lactation, work with the parents and explain how the importance of the correct size equipment for the mother, because it's an individual thing, the importance of that so that they get the best supply that they possibly can, promoting skin to skin because that helps with production. And then when a baby is old enough to start trying to go to the breast, you know, that can happen as early as 32 to 33 weeks. When when a baby can even go to suckle at the breast, that is huge. The bond for the parent and child is huge. The the way that it promotes the milk to come in even more so, explaining to moms who maybe when they do get frustrated about their supply that, you know, the pump is only pulling about 60% of your actual production. The baby's mouth is the natural way to pull even more so. I, I just think that moms often feel a little disconnect in the NICU because they're not able to, every single feeding, put a baby to breast, but just promoting and encouraging that they will get to that point, it really does help to lead to successful breastfeeding even after their NICU stay. Mm-hmm. Sheila, anything you want to add to that? So, yeah. So when the, when the mom first come to the unit, um, we normally ask, oh, would you like to breastfeed? And then um, if, they saw, if they say, oh, I just want, want formula, so we would give but we would still give them the um, the breastfeeding bag. We have breastfeeding bag. And then there are uh, syringes in there and then tips on how to breast to pump. So we always encourage mom to pump. And I always tell the moms, don't worry if there's only a little. We'll use it to, uh, for the oral care. And I always have this term lollipop. You know, yes. you put the, <laughs> the, the breast milk in the Q-tip and said, oh, let's give the baby some lollipop. Yes. And they love it, especially when they, say, when they see the baby sucking on the tip of the Q-tip. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I said, keep on, just keep on pumping and your supply will come. Don't worry. We're here to help you. Yes. 
Yeah, the lollipops. I oh. remember I remember that vividly for sure. And the sure. parents, you know, to be able to – it's something else that they can do that you can have them involved with so that you can actually show them how to do it and they feel more involved in the care of the baby. It's huge. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important what you were saying about the lactation consultant because uh, uh, a parent might feel as though they've asked too much or they don't know exactly who to ask for help. And I think – you talking about the lactation consultant, parents can ask their nurses yes. and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And the nurse can get the lactation consultant as many times as they need. It's the truth. Right. That they are available even after parents go home. I mean, I know Einstein Montgomery really promotes the importance of continuing to follow through with the lactation consultant even after discharge. Mm-hmm. Now, Sheila, you talked a little bit about your inspiration with your sister Mm -hmm. and how incredible she is and what a story she has to tell for sure. Can you also tell us a little bit more about the foundation that you and your husband support and what kind of impact that foundation has made, especially during the pandemic? Okay. Um, Thank you for asking. Yes. So Pag Oli Kid Foundation, you know, it was founded by Father Joaquin Gioso. So Pag Oli Kid, it means looking back with love and with compassion. So it's a local, it's a foundation based for just for our town, Bugasong. It's based in California. So during the pandemic, we have this regular rice giving. Uh, In my town, there are 19, we call it barrio, you know, there are 19, in here is kind of, community. So there are 19, or maybe I'm wrong, maybe there are more than that, but we give rise to different communities. So in my community, in the town of Bugasong, at the start of pandemic, um, my husband and I would give out rice and my help in California helped too. And the foundation is doing that on a regular basis. So that's about rice because rice is a staple food for Filipinos and also canned goods. And with the local health clinic, we give out uh, also vitamins to the moms, and we give out, uh, we donated money, and the gloves that we throw out at, uh, at the hospital, I send them in big boxes, and it helped the local, it helps the gloves, the boxes of gloves help the local clinics during this pandemic, and the money helped them. Um, the amount of money we give, they use that to buy um, PPEs the gown, the, you know, the mask, and also alcohol. The government has money too, but it's not enough. So for the health of the people, the foundation really helped a lot. And also in the local NICU, we also sent a box. Just recently, they, they received the box on August 15th. It was full of vitamins donated by one of the parents from the NICU, prenatal vitamins, also gloves, and um, all the... S- all the equipment that are being thrown out in the NICU when the baby is, bo- is, um, is discharged, mm-hmm. I send them to That's the local NICU. Yeah. really is amazing. And I am also honored to say that today is a good day as a part of this as well because yeah. Sheila sends today's a good day care packages yeah, to the moms. Yeah, it's excellent because, you know, the moms, you know, when we did our mission trip, I'm sorry I speak so fast because I'm just so emotional about that because um, just to see the joy of the moms receiving this bag, the care package, you can just see that they feel so valued. They make, I for the, my words is always, you know, 
oh, they feel like millionaires just mm-hmm. to receive that. And they're just so happy opening it, looking at the books, you know, the alcohol, the journal. And I also give them to my town, to some of the moms. And they're also very happy to, um, you know, to receive those. And I also give them health teachings, what the journal is for, you know. And of course, they're poor. And for them to receive these care packages from today is a good day. They feel so loved and they're not left alone in this world because the compassion is given to them. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we are sending more care packages this fall, right, Sheila? <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Yes, yes we're going to be working together to do that. Well, thank you for sharing more about the foundation that you are a part of. And you and your husband also help to support scholarships mm-hmm. for a number of children. You have to share this with us. All right. So currently, we have 19 children that we support. My husband called them, uh, he calls them kids. But I said, no, honey, they're not our kids. They are our scholars. But he insists on saying kids. I said, okay, you call them kids. I call them our scholars. But mainly, they, we have um, 13 in high school right now and nine, six in college. And so we give them scholarship money every year. So, and I keep in touch with them by email. I call them also. And I and the purpose of this is for them to get out of poverty. So that's always my mantra to them. We're helping you. Please get out the cycle of poverty. You start it within your family, and then you can help others someday too. Because poverty is, is sad. Poverty is an illness. You know, get out of it so you can also help others. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing more about what you're doing. What a big impact you are making on so many, for sure, Sheila. Oh, thank you. And speaking of that impact, I can't tell you both enough, and and I have to share, we do have a personal connection to you both, as you both took care of our daughters when we were in the NICU so many years ago. But you have made a big impact on a lot of families over the years of helping them to touch their baby, helping them to hold their baby, feed their baby, and really just being an ear for so many families as they navigated some of the darkest days of their lives. So I have to ask you both, what is a moment that made a significant impact on you as a NICU nurse? And Sheila, I'll start with you. I feel I am honored that uh, I helped them. I helped them. I helped their baby grow. I am honored that I helped pray for their baby. And I am honored that they become a part of my heart, that they are in my hearts forever. And, uh, and when they thank me, actually, I don't tell it to them, but I say to myself that, uh, or to other, to the children in the Philippines, you know, actually, you know, it's, um, it's God helping you. God loves you. I'm just an instrument. And then there is this one uh, baby that I took care of in New York. She is now, I believe, 14. Her name is Mallory. She had, she had a heart surgery. So we still keep in touch, you know. I, she was in my wedding, you know. They, they did the offertory. And then I was at her first birthday, her christening. And um, so we keep in touch every Christmas. We still send Christmas cards to each other. And um, you're just being there as part of the life. And mm-hmm. especially, you know, uh, praying with them mm-hmm. during the dark moments or during the hard, the hard part of their life. Wonderful. Amanda? This is such a big question for me because um, I truly credit the nurse that I am, the NICU nurse that I am, with my personal NICU experience. Um, And I think that I don't want to just pick out one specific nurse or doctor or respiratory therapist who took care of my miracle. I credit the entire team because having hope in the NICU for all those weeks the roller coaster, the ups and downs, the good days, the bad days, the good moments, the bad moments, 
that shaped me into the parent I am, but into the nurse that I am as well. Um, I think that I learned so much as a NICU parent, and I hope that every day that I go to work, that I use a little bit of what I learned personally in my professional life. I hope that I'm paying it forward every day. Um, I will say that in all my years as a NICU nurse, yes, there are certain babies, certain families that stick with you for a reason more so than maybe others did, but every one of those children touch your life. Like Sheila said, it's a part of your heart forever. The greatest gift as a NICU nurse, and I think that anybody can agree with this, is seeing a child go home with its parents. Because there are parents who constantly say, how can we thank you? What can we do for you? What can we give you? Nothing. You're giving us the greatest gift by seeing your child go home with you and seeing that child thrive. That that child is going to be the best child that they can be. So really, that, that's the greatest thing for a NICU nurse. Thank you. Thank you both for being here today, sharing your knowledge, sharing a little bit about your own personal stories. We're really grateful for you. Thanks, Martha. Thank you, Martha. And I'm always happy to see Claire come to the NICU. She's our miracle. Absolutely. Yes. That's one of our rewards, you know. Thank you. Watching that girl grow and thrive. Thank you. And thank you. Today is a good day. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> this episode of the Today is a Good Day podcast is brought to you with support from Life Celebration by Givnish and Key Bank.